Welcome inside the Basement Doctor Studios, Limer Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. I'm Garrett Seawright. Appreciate you making us a part of your day, however it is, wherever it is you're doing so, whether it's on the radio at 93.1TheFan.com, on the free 93.1 The Fan app, or by asking your smart speaker to play 93.1 The Fan. All guests today appear via the Amera First Home Mortgage Hotline, and you can as well, at 227-9393. 1-888-894-3776. That's 888-894-ESPN. You can also tweet the show at 931thefan on Twitter. John running a little late today. Going to be here uh, sometime here in this first hour. But uh, also joining us in studio today is Danny Holbrook once again. And Danny, I think it's time to like just let, let the cat officially out of the bag. Meow! Uh, <laughs> we're going to have Danny doing a Saturday show here on 93.1 The Fan beginning next Saturday, May 7th. And it is called Out of Bounds with Danny Holbrook because he's going to be out of bounds sometimes. <laughs> uh, and, and we're looking forward to it, Danny. Yeah, I'm super excited. Thank you so much, Garrett, you and John and and uh, and Phil and, and, and Matt and, and Jay and everybody that's been so good to me uh, and, and invited me into the family. And I am super excited. And we're we're going to have great shows. And uh, I, I'm, I'm working on my first lineup already. And you saw how excited I was earlier today. Uh, it's it's going to be really fun. Yeah, so we're looking forward to, uh, obviously, we want uh, as much local sports talk uh, here on the station because we, we know that people care about local sports. We know that people um, eat, sleep, live, breathe high school football, high school basketball, the Cleveland Browns, Ohio State football, all of those things. And, and the more that we can bring those to you, uh, it, it's something that we're, we're really excited about and uh, really looking forward to, to launching here. I, I know that May 7th might not be the – the world's best time to <laughs> to launch a local sports a show dead but period there for yeah. sports yeah but we're gonna do it anyway that's right yeah i'm, I'm excited and, and i really i want to get i want to get the the callers involved garrett i i want them to feel like out of bounds with danny holbrook is part of their show and i want them to look forward to that show every week and and uh, i just i want to hear what they have to say and and i want to do a little banter with them you know have a little fun with them and and get to know what what they like and what they don't like and i want to bring that to the folks of lima land and i'm super excited and uh, just gr- so appreciative of the opportunity opportunity and uh we're gonna start a little promo saturday i'm gonna be uh, at regalis with uh, the good folks from 93.1 here at the draft party yeah we got the first uh, we got the draft party on saturday from eight to noon at uh, regalis pizza village brought to you by bobcat of lima you can get more info on that at 931thefan.com but slap on your jersey get out head on down to regalis pizza subs salads wings uh, fantastic food at like crazy prices what, what's what, what's what's too old to wear a jersey um that's a great question. <laughs> so, it's one we've we, we, we had it as a poll question. Oh, we uh, did. Oh, that's right. I remember few, that a few months ago. Of when are you too old? And, and I believe John's uh, John's stance was like there there are stipulations. Like if your kid is like, Dad, put on your jersey. Let's do like okay, that's fine. Um, but basically, I, th- I think former Crestview basketball coach Jeremy Best was like, I will die on this hill. That Once you're past about age 25, it's weird to wear jerseys. And I was like, okay, all right. I, I don't – I'm in trouble. I, well, that's my – like, I, I, we went to the Blue Jackets game on Sunday, and I don't have – I have just a Blue Jackets jersey. I don't have, you know, a name and number or anything yeah, right. on it. And I'm I, as I put it on, I'm going – Am I in the weirdo? Like, am I in the weirdo category? No, that- you know what, Garrett? We were down at the Cotton Bowl a couple years ago when Ohio State played USC, and there was four or five of us, and we're older guys, and a couple of the guys were, were, were significantly older, and I took extra jerseys for everybody. I'm a jersey guy, and I had them all wear jerseys, and the one guy was like, "I'm too old for this," and I'm like, 
Everybody in the Cotton Bowl is going to be wearing jerseys. Everybody. And he wore it, and he had a great time, and he looked great, and he wasn't out of place. And I, I don't know. I, I don't buy that. It's, you're too old. It, it, listen, it's sports. It's about having fun. It's about representing where you're from and who you are. Well, I, I do think if you were, like, to the point of, um, you know, you're wearing uh, J.K. Dobbins' jersey because he's your hero <laughs> and you're 48 years old, <laughs> that might be slightly weird. Well, it's yes. like I've always said. You can love your cat, but don't love your cat. You know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> No, because I'm 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 the dude who I got I got dogs yes. and they are my dogs. Yeah. Like I I have sat at the dinner table before and my wife has said you love that dog more than me, don't you? And I said you're damn right I do. Wow, I can I can get another wife. I can't and get another like dog. You're on that path. Oh yeah, I'm working on it. Believe me, someday she'll wisen up and go. Wait a second. I could have done better than this. I'm looking yeah. at the community going, what? Right, yeah. It, it should have happened long ago, but yet it hasn't. So we're looking forward to Danny's uh, show beginning next Saturday here on Live at Sports Radio 93 on the Fan. Again, you get more info on it at 93onthefan.com. But Out of Bounds with Danny Holbrook will begin next Saturday from 10 to noon uh, with Danny and He's really excited about uh, some <laughs> of the. Some super of, excited. He's, he's so, so so excited about some of the guys he's got lined up here uh, for the first inaugural show uh, on Kentucky Derby Saturday next week. So, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, call we, the post. <laughs> we can get you. We can get you some horse racing experts. I'm, gonna, I'm having an interview with a firm Denali Dar from the 1978. That's, we can crown. we can get that we can get that yeah. set up where it's just like so. Uh, take me through the the down the stretch run. And just, my first question is Seattle Slough, you know? He'll just look at me and go, hey. <laughs> That's all I got to say. That's it. That's All right. That's great. good stuff. Uh, so the uh, the NBA playoffs last night uh, continued, and, and I think it would be uh, it would be short-sighted of us to not uh, talk about the NBA while John's gone. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> simply, to, Danny, have you seen the John ja Morant dunk from last night that Garrett, is it was, bonkers? It was the first thing I saw this morning when I got on social media. And I it was – I watched it. I, I, I kid you not. I watched it 12 to 15 times. That is the – I'm not going to say the most because you, you just never know. That is one of the most impressive dunks I have ever seen. I, I, it was incredible. It's so – it, it, it reeks of just pure athleticism. Did you think he was going to get there? I didn't think he was going to get there. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what I thought. I just watched in awe, thinking it's insane that somebody can do that. That is, it, it's, it's unreal that somebody has that th- those physical attributes to be able to cock the ball back that far. Stephen and A. Just, Smith made a great point, <laughs> not a, not a popular point. He said, "Folks, it's time to take the pictures of Elvis in Memphis down and put Jai's picture." Ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. I don't know about that. <laughs> but that th- there was a great picture of John Morant's dunk at like yeah. on. Uh, I think Sports Center tweeted it of like here is a still picture that somebody took. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, it's disgusting. Uh, and yet, I, I I love like eighty five percent of the time. I love people who are contrarians just to be contrarians. Yes. And the amount of people who I saw that were like, well, that's a charge. <laughs> Under no circumstance can you call that a charge in that situation. That was not a charge. That was a get out of my way. Right. Moment. That's tra- trains on the tracks. You better get out the way. And there's I, I about the eighth time I watched it I saw uh, Torian Prince former Cav great uh, was in the corner guarding the shooter for the Grizzlies and started to like shimmy towards the lane and then quickly realized what was about to happen and came like 
squatting back out to his shooter so he wouldn't be in the shot. But he saw real quick, like, oh, I need to help defend. No, I do not. You know what else I liked about it too, Garrett, is in the last couple days we've watched guys like Kyrie and Kevin Durant and just – just lousy attitudes and pouting yeah. and, and mad about the situation and I'm, I'm going to take my ball and go home. And then you see a guy like Jai Morant who's just so fun to watch and he's always – he has a great time playing the game. And I know he's younger and I know he's got a lot in front of him and those guys are veterans, but man, you never hear anything bad about the guy. No, nobody's uh, yeah. nobody ever says, you know, oh, well, or, or, are they talking about Jai Morant's attitude? No, 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 they're not. Talking about his athleticism, right? And how good he is. It's just a, it's just a smiling dude playing basketball, and he's doing it at a stupid high level. And I think it almost overshadows the fact that they were down like thirteen points at that point. Yeah, and come back and win. Um, it, it just was such a, just a mammoth monster. Now I don't know if it's the greatest dunk of all time, and I don't even, I don't necessarily care if it's the greatest dunk of all time. It sure was the greatest dunk last night. And it sure is fun to talk about because that the fact that there are human beings who have that ability is disgusting to yeah. me. I, I just got a text, Garrett, from my good buddy Josh Spencer out in Waynesfield. He just asked me, how old are you going to be when you still wear your Baker Mayfield jersey? That Ooh. hurt. Okay. That hurt. Um, <laughs> I'm not wearing it anymore. I'm done. Are you? <laughs> you get the nameplates well, uh, unstitched off of it. And- listen, my wife gets me jer- – listen – she got me a Braylon Edwards jersey, gone. She got me a Brady Quinn jersey, gone. Got me a Baker Mayfield jersey, gone. I kept telling her, get me a Ben Roethlisberger jersey. Sorry, <laughs> I'm a Browns fan. Well, um, <laughs> who's the? Uh, you could have got like a Phil Dawson jersey back in the day, and that would have stayed uh, the most, true for. Yeah, the most obscure jersey I ever saw. I saw a little kid one time wearing a Herman Fontenot jersey. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure that they. Uh, is that a custom? Is that a custom order? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So I don't, it's a good question of how old are you going to be? Because uh, I saw a report today that uh, the Carolina Panthers have been leaking. Hey, we're not going to trade for Baker Mayfield before no, the first not. round of the NFL draft. So ain't happening. So that'll be interesting. But the NFL draft is tomorrow. You'll hear all the coverage here on Live Sports Radio. 93 on the fan. We'll talk about it extensively throughout today's show. We're going to take our first Don Jenkins Jewel timeout. It's Cookie and a Monster. Garrett C. Wright with Danny Holbrook right now. John Cook going to join us momentarily. Got some poll questions up for you at 93 on the fan on Twitter, and we'll run them down next after this Don Jenkins Jewel timeout. It's Lima Sports Radio. 93 on the fan. Welcome back inside the Basement Doctor Studios. Lima Sports Radio. 93 on the fan. Cookie and a Monster presented by Lewis. Nope. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm doing spectacular today. That's, I get paid to do this. Got some poll questions up at nine three one the fan on Twitter. As John Cook joins the show. Now I have my headset on, and all I'm thinking to myself is I'm driving. I'm almost at the edge of lineman. I'm thinking, damn, that was a professional open to a radio show. They should we should let Garrett do that every time. <laughs> and I wasn't another half mile down the road, and you were making horse noises. <laughs> <laughs> he was really good at it. So him. I don't oh. know what you said right before I put my headset on, but Danny laughed and you're giggling. I'm not sure I want to know, but just I, tell me it wasn't a horse noise. It was not a horse noise. It was, it was a reference to it me. It was a sponsor. It was a sponsor <laughs> that is no longer sponsoring the show that I said. Show presented by Lewis Family. No, it's not. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't even talk. I get paid to do that. So we've got poll questions up today, fellas. 
Danny Holbrook, John Cook, Garrett Courtesy of VonsJewelry.com. VonsJewelry.com. They are a sponsor. We love them. Immensely. It's where Lima celebrates love, damn it. VonsJewelry.com. So the first question is, who will be the first quarterback selected in tomorrow's NFL draft? 53% say it's Kenny Pickett. They're crazy. No. I agree that they're crazy. Then we're asking, who should be the first quarterback selected in the NFL draft? 63% say Kenny Pickett. That part I don't disagree with. I can I can get on board with I, I I would I will hear you out till the end of time on who should be the first quarterback. I think it's almost cut and dry of who will be the first quarterback selected tomorrow. I think it's going to be Malik Willis. I think every draft guru believes that. And I would be in that group. I think that's probably the case too, but that by in and of itself, that is a statement that makes me cringe because if it is a widely perceived belief when you have a class with no first-round dra- draft grades on quarterbacks and a guy is is the consensus believed to be the guy that will go one as a surprise pick, it, it does make you ask the question of how, how many people who are putting that out there are just absolutely blowing smoke because everybody yeah. wants to lie about anything that might have to do with what they're thinking in the draft. I'm the guy that years ago I said I took the two quarterbacks and I looked at him and I said, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's got a better arm, and he'll last longer than the NFL. That Ryan, was Ryan, Ryan Leaf. Leaf. It, was, it, was, it was me too. I was another voice saying, look, Manning will be good. Leaf's got a chance to be special. And I'm thinking when he was laying on that jail cell floor looking up at the ceiling, I, I didn't get a whole lot more special. Yeah. Ryan Have Leaf. You, he, he did a podcast of like, uh, like a documentary podcast series about – his stretch from being the second NFL, second overall pick in the NFL draft to sitting in a courtroom going, how in the hell did I get here? Yeah. Like, and it's interesting, and it's, it's, it makes you like the dude, which is weird because what you have been, I guess, almost conditioned to believe about Ryan Leaf is he's this egomaniac hothead when now he's super introspective and being like, I was a jerk. Yeah. And I have no idea how i got that way and i'm working on it now yeah like, I, I that's, really respect that's that. cool yeah absolutely i respect the fact that he's come a long way and, and he is saying the right things right now and he does a lot of work for the pac-12 and he knows football yeah. he really does and uh you can tell that there's a part of him that 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 knows he missed out he he knows oh he yeah missed out. he knows he had the physical tools to do it and i think that wears at him a little bit but he's also dealing with the fact that he had the physical tools to do it and didn't. You know what I've never been able to get over is I, I honest to God, think that the 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 video footage of his first or second day of training camp when he just went bonkers on the fan. I remember that. And I, I was it Bobby Beathard that drafted him. Yep. Bobby Beathard had to be going home and looking Headless. for sharp objects. I mean, like he, I, he had to have you known know in that yeah. moment yeah. whether whatever the the belief was that he had was gone in that instant, and they had to live with it. Well, it's it, like Steve Mariucci tells this story of they drafted Giov- Giov- Giovanni Carmazzi uh, out of Hofstra, and he said in the Hall of Fame game in his rookie year, I went, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> like this guy isn't going to pan out. Like if you are half of a preseason game in, in Ryan Leaf's case, a second practice into your career, and the GM's going, "Oh boy, 
But don't you think somebody on the Chargers organization had to talk to Mike Price and say, hey, Mike, what kind of kid is this? I mean, is Mike Price going to lie to you? About probably. It? Probably. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a great kid. We need to get rid of him. Get I don't know if you here. followed Mike Price's later uh, later career. But hey, it got him to Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would imagine that because he's going to get more play out of a quarterback of his being the second overall pick yeah. rather than telling him the truth and go, I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> Yeah, the bottom line is, it, it, look, football is football can be said only so often and, and go only so far. There's a reason why the quarterback selection process in the NFL is roughly a 50-50 proposition no matter what, and I don't care how much head coaches know about the guy that's playing for them. They can tell you that they know that they know that they know, but they don't. Can I, did I do a little – I just did Brad Pitt right there a little for bit. Moneyball. You did. But, I think I did. Um, so so I think it was it was four years ago yesterday, I think, that the Cleveland Browns selected Baker Mayfield with the number one overall pick. Keep rubbing that wound. And yep. well, it gets worse. <laughs> John, you mentioned it's a 50-50 shot. I remember – so we were a CBS Sports Radio affiliate at the time. And Brandon Tierney did an interview with Vince Coza. And he pounded the table – that the Browns should take two quarterbacks because they had the fourth overall pick as well. You draft somebody at number one, and draft a quarterback at number one, draft a quarterback at number four, and figure out which one's the better of them. Because at the end of the day, that's what everybody's trying to do, right? Is get a franchise quarterback. And he was pounding the table that they should draft Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. And if it's a 50-50 hit rate, you would have batted 0% with Sam Darnold <laughs> and Baker Mayfield. So even if wow. you've got two top five picks and you're pounding the table like, it has to be these guys, you still don't get it right. That's how guy. big of a crapshoot it is. I was the guy on that draft that said, you cannot take Josh Allen. He's big and oh, strong, but you can't take Josh Allen. He's just like Ryan Leaf. Boy, did I blow that. Is anybody <laughs> but, I, gonna... <laughs> but the guy that coached him at Wyoming, Mike Math, right? Yeah. He, yeah. he would have told you. I, I don't know what he's going to be. He could he could be an all-pro, yeah. but he may yeah. not make it. One D1 offer coming out of high school. I mean, hey, but, but Mike Bath also said, I know for a fact that like he, he, he was almost like, I, I don't know if he can put it all together, but I know he's got the personality to figure it out. Like he he's going to be driven enough to be great, and here we are four years later. Where is Josh Allen a top five quarterback in the NFL? Damn straight. I would argue, yeah, <laughs> he's pretty good. Yeah, I would argue maybe second best quarterback in the NFL. Um, yeah, I was I was I was on the Josh Allen. I, I didn't think you could take him at number one. Like that's a big risk. That's but. Hindsight's twenty twenty, and they maybe should have uh, our final VonsJewelry.com poll question. Are you surprised Malachi Branham decided to stay in the NFL NBA draft? <laughs> I'm surprised he's in the NFL. He, he might. Yeah, he, he might. I, I, I could play I in the NFL. How, what's the percentage on that so far? I haven't voted. Seventy percent. No, are not surprised. Are not surprised. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think essentially, wouldn't it be a monster surprise if anybody who is projected to be a lottery pick doesn't stay in the draft? He said he would. The only way he would stay in is if he is a consensus first round pick. To which I would say, he found out that he was going to be a consensus right. first I mean, round pick. Right. I mean, the projections I'm seeing are anywhere from from eleven to like sixteen. Roughly, yeah. I mean, I I haven't looked at a lot, but but lottery is what I'm hearing now. That's a huge gamble, and you don't know. But if you're gambling on whether you're a lottery pick, you're still probably a first-round guy. Right. right. It's the guys that are gambling on bottom of the first round that by the time we get to all these Euros and all the international players and all the others, the guys that might be bottom of the first round, 
end up slipping and don't get drafted. Right. right. And then that's then the, that's a that's a tough spot to be in. But I I was really I was hoping against hope that because Holton was going to be there when the announcement was made, he was saying, "Hey, I'm going to give it one more year here. That you know, I know what I got to right. work on." But I, and I'm just not convinced the guys, even if he's is a lottery pick, that that's where you get paid right up front. But I, I just I just don't see where he is right now and what he'll develop into. I don't know. I don't see. I don't see a special skill. I, I don't see it. Garrett and I were talking off air before the show started, and I said to him, he doesn't shoot better than anybody. He doesn't handle the ball real good at all. He can't defend really well, and nobody's going to run offenses for him. He, he's not going to be able to defend the pick and roll. He's not big enough. Well, he's a, he's a mid-range freak. I mean, That's he lives fine, in the mid-range. And hey, I just, I mean, again. Who's going to clear out the range right, for him? <laughs> in the mid-range, if you're going to live there in the NBA, you better be an isolation player who gets to the mid-range and creates his own, and he doesn't. Um, I don't. I don't know. I think he can be a solid contributing player on an NBA team for sure. But do you understand why guys now with NIL deals, you're not going to be poor anymore? You're, you're not. I mean, you're not going to make generational money in college, but you're going to do okay for four years in Columbus. I would think know? they'd be all right, but yeah. they still theoretically got to go to class. Yeah, that, see, that's the problem. That. Uh, <laughs> so those are our three Twitter poll questions up at nine three one the fan on Twitter that you can vote in until five forty five. You've done real good. Just keep going. You can take us right <laughs> to the next Dungeon. Take a Don Jenkins Stewart timeout. When we come back, we're going to ask, what do you want to see your team accomplish in the NFL draft? Phone lines are open, 227-9393, 1-888-894-3776. That's after this Don Jenkins Stewart timeout. Well, we've got Sports Center first here on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fam, Cookie and the Monster. Welcome back inside the Basement Doctor Studio. John Cook, Garrett Seawright, Danny Holbrook in studio with us today. Cookie and the Monster. With you on Lima Sports Radio 93 on the fan. Appreciate you making us part of your day today. NFL draft is, well, I don't know, what are we up to? Are we 27 hours away? 20, uh, 26 and a half. 26 and a half hours away. Did you know the clock in here has been switched to military time? I do, because I switched it. He did. He fixed it. <laughs> and if I could get it to 12 hours rather than 24, I would have. But I messed with it for roughly 28 minutes. That's all right. And it, finally went, that's going to have to be good enough. You got, you got it on the right time. We're in the right day, right time. Yeah, yeah. it says just, Pacific time zone. Yeah. <laughs> we're, 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 we're killing it in there. <laughs> we are in great shape. And it's only 76 degrees in the studio today. So that's, that's, that's an improvement as well. So we're, whatever that was, 26 and a half hours away from the NFL draft. And I would say that it's pretty much understood who the first two picks are going to be whether or not you believe or agree with what order it appears that the, t- the two picks are going to go and Aiden Hutchinson has spent the last couple of months being the, the consensus number one now it looks like he may be at number two uh, that doesn't speak a whole lot to for the first time in <laughs> a long time we're going to have back-to-back years where we don't have to worry about talking about the Browns and where they what, yeah. what they might do to get into the top of the draft yeah. we know that the first round really isn't going to be their issue for a few years <laughs> three years and you know it's it's odd i think a lima land sports talk show where the two primary hosts of the show are neither fans of the browns nor the Bengals. danny as a browns fan has had lots of opinions to share on on these things but we we are curious about what most people think what what's your goal what do you hope to have happen in the draft i mean i'll go i'm a steeler fan i don't ever go into a draft with a with a, I hope they do X, Y, or Z. I literally go into the draft saying, I don't know what they're going to do, but it's going to work out okay. I trust them. 
That's kind of how I must approach be, the draft every must year. Must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's called a stable organization. Well, I mean, and, and, and it's not always right. It's not. But for the most part, I feel like they, they get value out of the picks that they have, and they turn those guys into starters or serious contributors. This is the first time in, obviously, well over a decade, nearly two decades, that the Steelers have faced the, the, the prospect of, of trying to rebuild uh, from the quarterback out instead of building around the quarterback. I had said a couple of weeks ago that I really thought and hoped they would take Malik Willis. I don't know that he's going to fall as far as it, what is that twenty twenty. Yeah, I, I saw no. the Pro Football Talks mock draft. They only do one mock draft. They're not everybody else that you know 28. does. Well, right. Uh, they had Malik Willis falling to the Steelers at twenty. Now, do I think that that, that is a possibility? No, because I think if it gets to ten, and Kenny they had the Kenny Pickett at sixteen to the Saints and Malik Willis at twenty to the Steelers. I think there's a zero percent chance that happens. If they get to ten or twelve and nobody's taken one of them yet, people are going to be itching to get up to those spots to get them. I, I don't disagree, that, and that's why I say when going into this draft, if I'm a, as a Steeler fan, what do I want to have happen? I'd love to say that they can find a franchise quarterback. I don't know that one exists in this draft. It would be intriguing and exciting to talk about Malik Willis, but I'm not ready to invest a, a pick that high in the draft on a guy that would be intriguing and interesting to talk about that might not actually make it. I can't help but think if somebody traded up for E.J. Manuel and Christian Ponder, like Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett, got to be worth moving up for, right? Like it, well, maybe they're not because of Malik, because, because of Christian Ponder, and I mean that may be why guys don't do it. But I don't know that we've got any history that tells us that that teams learn from mistakes of other teams. We took Spurgeon win. <laughs> Remember that? Remember Spurge? Well, I heard Malik Willis today compared to two different guys. This is two different. Uh, front office people they weren't named but a, but a source was saying guys that he trusts one guy said he is basically cast aside talent that he's not going to make it that that if you think of Malik Willis think of uh, Tavares Jackson I remember Tavares, yeah. yeah okay oh, for the for the Ravens yeah right. yeah, yeah yeah and in a couple other teams and yeah. I, I don't made, made 30 starts or sure. 20 starts or yeah. something in his career and another guy said He's got the talent, and he's got the, the, the upside, and he also has the devotion to the craft that think Josh Allen. Now that, guys, you got trusted right. NFL executives <laughs> saying think Tavares Jackson and think Josh Allen, and I'm thinking as a Steeler fan, if that's the wide range, just let me pick somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know that I want to have that kind of range if I've got the 20th pick in the draft. True. Or... I don't know. I, I, it may be taken out of their hands because I'm like you guys. I, I don't see any way in the world either one of those quarterbacks makes it that far down the, the draft board. No, and I don't think what I see out of both of those guys, I just don't look at them and go, those guys can carry a franchise. I just don't. And, of course, again, we're wrong. GMs are wrong. Everybody's wrong. I've never seen a business where you can be so wrong and still – Weather, yeah, <laughs> meteorology. I, I missed, I missed it, man. I totally right. missed and it. You hate meteorology. I so I should, I should have been one though. Yeah, like I should have been. You talk about zero pressure. How are you sleeping yeah. at night? Okay. <laughs> well, what what if you got tomorrow wrong? Yeah, well, I'll go back and talk the next day. It's like it's kind of like this job, except could I'm rain. assuming meteorologists get paid a little bit better. Sun's going to come up tomorrow. Could rain. Probably, could rain. Probably Maybe windy. Not. It might be partly windy. That was a, that was a, that was a, a catchphrase around here for a while. Somebody said talked about that being partly windy. And I've not heard that one before or since, but No, I what do you want from the draft? That this draft more than any other is a draft where I am thinking to myself as I'm looking at it, 
there are a very, very small number of teams who can clearly identify what the impact player is thereafter. And I think this will be more a draft more than any other one. We're going to talk about picks from round three to seven that turn in. I mean, we do it yeah. every year, but I think there will be a higher number of them in this draft that become all-pro type talents because we don't have the top-end talent to talk about, or at least not the sexy quarterback franchise guy. I, you know, the rush ends or that, but beyond the, the first couple of guys, it really feels kind of wide open. I heard somebody say yesterday, uh, Stingley from LSU is projected to go number three in one of the mock drafts I saw. And there are, other, are people screaming, why, why in the world would that guy right. be worth a pick at that high? And, and some people just assume that he, I mean, because when the college season started before he didn't play again, there, it was projected as a DB, he might go number one. Now he's maybe going to go three, maybe going to go bottom of the first round, depending on who who's who's drafting. So, you know, we asked the question, what do you want from the draft? If you're you're a Browns fan, what do you yeah. want? Uh I well here's the thing. Uh we don't have a first round pick for three years. We've already talked about that. The one thing that Andrew Barry did really well, and, and I'm really happy he did. We signed some guys to, to long. We've locked up a lot of core guys. You got Denzel Ward locked up. You got Wyatt Teller locked up. You got Jack Conklin locked up. You got Nick Chubb. So so we, we've put in place some guys, and now they're going to have to address it in a couple years because of the Deshaun Watson contract, but they need another defensive lineman because – uh, apparently, uh, during the offseason, one of our guys got naked and rolled around the grass in Florida, and he's never going to come back. And uh, uh, Malik McDowell. And that wasn't yeah. completely unpredictable. I got to no. I don't. No, no, no. I, yeah, Malik. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jadavian Clowney's not coming back. So, so I think you have to address the defensive line first. Uh, you got a second round pick. Don't don't waste it. There's still quality second round, and 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 work on. You got to get another linebacker. I love Joke. I love. I like Phillips. I think he's athletic. Uh, we got some. You know, some solid guys, but what they need depth at those two positions is any browns fan out there not hoping that the number one thing that gets accomplished in the draft is baker gets dealt during the draft and you acquire some draft capital i, I, I said that i i think andrew barry is waiting for teams to panic i really do i, I know you guys don't agree with that but i do believe no i agree with I it i just, I just don't think it's going right nobody's gonna panic till august well i didn't i didn't say it was gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's the problem is nobody's gonna panic until their guy goes down in mini camp or in a uh, training camp injury or preseason game nobody's gonna nobody's gonna panic how many legitimate potential landing spots are there for baker mayfield right now the way you guys see it how many potential spots three yeah those would be carolina carolina new orleans yep arizona and you said new orleans picks at 16 yep carolina picks win I wish I knew the answer to that. I saw a mock draft that had them trading up to ten, so they well, don't they don't draft that early. My my concern is that you're going to watch all three of those teams make deals and draft quarterbacks, and then and, then, you, and then what happens? Are with you Baker? guys listen? Are are you guys saying to me if you're Arizona, you would let Kyler Murray walk out? There's no, there's no, no, but, no chance. But I would give I, you him need some insurance. Oh no, no, I get if it. If he's gonna, I get If it. he's gonna actually hold out, Panthers are sixth. 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 Yeah, they're not picking a quarterback that early. I wouldn't think. No. I, but I, uh, the Cardinals though, and they need insurance that if Kyler Murray does say, "You know what? Screw you guys. I'm going home." Like that's better than the horse imitation. <laughs> then, then <laughs> like they've got a they've got a playoff roster around they Kyler do. Murray. Right, they do. Can you let that go to waste because Kyler Murray's going to torpedo the thing? No. So you trade a six-round pick to the Browns for Baker Mayfield. And like, there you go. you got to figure out some cap stuff after that because he's going to eat a lot of it. But you got to figure it out. Yeah. I think. I think you got to have some insurance there. 
I mean, I heard, a, I, heard a, I heard a rumor that the Philadelphia Eagles were trying to position themselves to pursue Kyler Murray in a trade. I, I think that would be if a smart... If you're the Cardinals, would you take Jalen Hurts? I'd take Kyler Murray over Jalen Hurts in a heartbeat. If you're the Phil, if you're the Eagles, I'm yeah. saying if you're if you are the oh. Cardinals, are you ready to make a move that gets Kyler Murray out and brings in? No, that's Jaylen what Hurt. I just said. You cannot let him go. <laughs> you, you 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 can't do that. If you that, feel like you've got a team that's playoff capable already, and you and 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 he's not happy and doesn't want to be there, is Jalen Hurts serviceable enough and maybe have a high enough upside to take with the rest of that roster? Yes. And and make them a, a playoff, a serious threat in the playoffs. More, more marginally less than maybe what you uh, think they are with well, Kyler Murray. You got to ask yourself the question: if 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 somebody comes in and shuts down your run offense, is Jalen Hurts going to be a good enough to get the job done? And I don't think he is. And I, I think he's shown that he's not. I think he he played in the offense that they're playing in now in college. And conceivably, if you're trading, if you're trading Kyler Murray to the Eagles, you're getting the 15th and 18th pick in the first round this year, probably plus one next year. And this, that that's that's good. That's good. on a roster that made the playoffs last year. But we're having all these conversation guys because this is this is as bad a quarterback class as we've seen in in fifteen years. Would you agree? Uh, as a minimum of fifteen years. coming into the draft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's that. But, those but, are like, the, but those are the drafts that come out later, yeah. and they go, "Holy cow!" <laughs> Five years from now, you're gonna look back, and all three of them are gonna be pro bowlers. Well, and that, that's <laughs> what. What is the likelihood that we're looking back in seven, eight, nine years and saying, "Can you believe these three guys were in the same draft class?" Can you believe that? I don't even know who the third guy is. Honestly, Willis, Matt, Matt Corral, Pickett, Matt, Matt Corral, Corral. I, yeah. I, I, Sam Howell, Desmond yeah. Ritter. See, and listen, I'm, I'm I like actually, Sam I am actually higher on Desmond Ritter's prospects as a pro than I am the other guys, and I don't think Desmond Ritter even came close to scraping his ceiling in college. I think. He's got some limitations, but I think that guy has huge upside just because of his frame and what I think is a high level of maturity uh, that you're going to need to play that position, particularly when you consider there's going to be some struggles in, in the early going. Maybe I'm wrong about Ritter. Maybe he'll just be uh, a backup for his entire career, but for a guy who I did not necessarily believe in a lot in his college career, I still think his upside is maybe higher than the other guy. See, I think, I think, and it's a hot take, hot take, remember this one, put this on record. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I think Sam Howe is going to be, re- if he gets in the right, listen, two years ago, Sam Howe was spectacular. Last year, that offensive line was decimated. The running game was not there. He should have left when really, his line exactly. was, he should have left. But if he gets in the right system, he's really smart, he works hard, he's got a, he's got a, an okay arm. And he's athletic enough that he can play. I really think he's going to be successful. I do. So, quick poll. Who's going to be the best quarterback in this class in your estimation, Garrett? Malik Willis will be Mitch Trubisky level. He'll make a Pro Bowl, but won't be a fantastic starter. And that makes him the best one in the class? Yes. Sam Howe? I really think so. I do. I... I'm I, 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 I'm waffling. I, I don't... I, I, I don't... I won't say Ritter, although I think Ritter may end up having the longest career. Of the group, I don't think that's I think crazy. That's that serviceable for that long. Well, but I think that, I, I'm, I'm going to say Willis. I, I'd, I'd like to. I, I really, I'm leaning Pickett, but the, it's just the way the game is going. The overall skill set that Willis has, and I do believe this. They talk about the fact that he's got a cannon arm, but it takes him forever to make decisions. I think you can teach what, guys that. What was his, I think guys can learn that part. What was his situation in Auburn? Why? Why did he not? I mean, I know he left, but why did he not get I, on, the, on the field? I don't have any idea. Practice. I mean, I know Bo Nix was there. Don't get me Gus, wrong. Gus Malzahn's a moron. <laughs> be, be the... <laughs> Made a lot of money. Well, <laughs> how, how dumb is he? <laughs> he was a really good high school coach. Yeah. 
He went yeah. from high school Mitch to... Mitch Mustaine. Charlie Weiss that? made a lot of money. Yeah, he was Charlie Weiss. Charlie, Charlie, high school Mike, coach. Charlie Weiss made more money to not coach teams than he ever made for coaching them, I can tell you that. Yeah. And, 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 and I think idiot. he deserves a, tro- <laughs> or a, a, a statue somewhere. I mean, he's like, if I could get the people to pay me a third of the money or a tenth of the money that he made to not do his job, if I could get people to pay me that much to not do mine, yeah, I'd... I'd I don't feel like I was doing okay. Charlie Weiss stood at the podium and said, we will have a distinct advantage. A distinct scheme. schematic advantage. Yeah, schematic advantage. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You look like John Candy in, in vacation. Who's out front, should I told you? <laughs> how, how can anybody be so full of them? We we will have a significant schematic advantage on every Saturday. I, I, I remember when he said All that. All right, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. Have another now, drink. <laughs> now, he's, he's been paid by Notre Dame not to coach him. He's been paid by Florida not to coach their yep. offense anymore. He's been paid Kansas, by Kansas not yep. to coach their football team. New England? <laughs> Charlie, that's a, it's like a cottage industry. It. Yep. <laughs> we got to take another Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. I, when we come back, I'd love to tell you what we're going to talk about, but the segment's going to be so short, it might not matter what we talk about. And you guys tried to steal my thunder and talk NBA while I was Correct. out. That was not fair at all. Not fair in any way, shape, form, or fashion. So we may revisit the playoffs just because I feel like it. And I, again, I'd That's love fun. to tell you we could talk baseball, but... Red stink. Guardian stink. Next. <laughs> right. So we'll, we'll keep it short, but like, I don't know how many... Wait, like, I, I, watched, I watched about nine pitches of the Reds last night. Nine more than I, I got. I, could, I couldn't hack it. I just couldn't hack it. So I, it's it's going to get tough. But we'll have that figured out. Like I, 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 just, I do. I want to talk NBA playoffs very briefly. So we're going to take a Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout when we come back. We'll hit that up real quick. And then we got a visit a little later in the program with Bob McElligot joining us, voice of the Blue Jackets. Garrett and I had a chance to be there on Sunday. And man, they do a good job with game production over there. Also, we got football 515. You want to stick around for that. And we'll have a little more conversation about Malachi Branham's decision to remain in the NBA draft before the end of the program as well. I'm John Cook. Partners Garrett Seawright, Danny Holbrook alongside for the day in studio. Lima Sports Radio 93 on The Fan. Back inside the basement, Dr. Studio, John Cook, Garrett Seawright, Danny Holbrook with you today here on Lima Sports Radio 93 on The Fan. Welcome into Cookie and the Monster. Since my erstwhile co-host stopped to spend all of the entire first segment talking about Ja Morant putting his crotch somewhere around the crown of... Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's factual. Everything you just said, factual. Uh, there was some other action in the NBA playoffs last night. The Miami Heat finished off their series with the Hawks. Uh, guys, the, we, we talked a lot about the, the Celtics not getting the attention they maybe deserve because they've been so impressive. The, the Heat are, are very similar defensively to Boston. And what they did to Trey Young in that series, I know it was only a three-point win last night, but can we give some credit to winning a closeout game Without Jimmy Butler and without Kyle Lowry? Yeah. Did you, <laughs> Come on. Did you see the last possession? I, I, they played defense like, like, they, like they started the game. Well, like they it's funny because we, we all say in situations like that, you're up three, there's less than five seconds to go, the ball's inbound, just don't give up a three. They did it. They they made oh. absolutely certain everything was funneled to the basket. There was no there were no openings, and we we pride ourselves in talking about as fans a lot about how great certain well the, the league as a whole yes, but certain guys are out of timeouts. That's where they earn their money. Don't tell me Nate McMillan's not a great coach. They just got out defended. They only had they had very few options. They needed a three. Trey Young's their best perimeter shooter hadn't made one all night long. They didn't have a lot of great options, and Miami took everything away from them. But I I think that that Heat team. I know they're the number one seed. It shouldn't be surprising that that they they look good. But they've just been very I think underappreciated. They finished a regular season really limping to the end, and they've kind of found it again. Pushed you know flipped that switch. But to to go win a closeout game in the playoffs without Jimmy Butler without Kyle Lowry on the floor awfully impressive 
The Grizzlies get a 111-109 win with a huge comeback over the Timberwolves and, and the Ja Morant highlight notwithstanding. I, I watched that game, guys, and I'm still sitting here tonight or today saying to myself, and we, we had conversation last night, myself and two or three other people, what is it about the, the decision to not foul up three late clock under 10 seconds? I mean, I know they got the win. Morant hit the bucket to win it. But my God, they, they, they gave themselves, they gave their opponent an opportunity to put the game into overtime and it didn't happen, but it almost happened. And I'm, I'm just really not really clear on exactly why you wouldn't foul in that spot because they gave you at least three chances to foul before they got a shot up. And the Phoenix Suns, a 112-97 win over the Pelicans to take a 3-2 lead in that series. I think the Pelicans became a hot and chic pick for a little bit when they won a couple games to feel like they might be able to win that series. And maybe, maybe they'll they'll go back home and and stave off elimination. But I am not not feeling it right now. The Suns, even without Devin Booker, they just feel like they've got a little bit of difference to them. And I've had a lot of concerns about C.J. McCollum in his career about why he doesn't get quite the respect that other guys get and you're seeing some of that he's just had some numbers issues I think he is 15 for 43 from the floor in the last two games and and it's really hurt their team a little bit so we're going to step aside take another final Don Jenkins Jeweler or a Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout and we're going to get out and be back right after this with our poll reset Cookie and the Monster Hour number two here on Cookie and the Monster Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan welcome inside the Basement Doctor studio Top of hour number two means one thing, and that is it is time to get a quick reset on our VonsJewelry.com Twitter poll questions. Yes, sir. There's three of them up at 931 The Fan on Twitter that you can vote in until 545. The first poll question, who will be the first quarterback selected in the 2022 NFL Draft? 53% say it'll be Kenny Pickett. We're also asking, who should be the first quarterback drafted in the NFL Draft? 63% say Kenny Pickett. And our final VonsJewelry.com poll question. It's where Lima celebrates love, Vons, Dimes, and Jewelry. Are you surprised Malachi and Branham decided to stay in the NBA draft? 72% say no. They are not surprised that he has taken his talents to the NBA. That number should be higher. I don't, I don't know why it would have been realistic for anyone to think he's coming back, but that's just my two cents on that one. We're going to go to the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline, and it will be the first time since I started doing this show that I can have a guest on. That I just saw <laughs> recently, recently, courtesy of uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Garrett and I were able to attend the game on Sunday at Nationwide Arena. So we're going to bring in Bob McGill to the program for his what we once upon a time called a weekly visit, and then you know, like <laughs> tournaments happened, yeah, and, then we weren't and very NCAA good happened, and we we weren't able to get together. So, Bob, welcome in. How are you? What you're really saying is, you know, it was a weekly thing, and then I figured out where I slot in with you guys. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you, that's if that's a. I'm too new to we, this to get got, involved in that spat. You no, and Garrett can we got, sort that out. <laughs> John and I got lazy. <laughs> we got we're like, man, this doing every the show every day is hard. <laughs> <laughs> you mean we got to do a show and April go call baseball. high school basketball? April baseball is like October hockey. Who cares? Come on. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> a lot of truth pretty to much. that statement, especially when you're a Guardians affiliate. Mm. Our, my problem okay, is I'm a Reds I fan. I can't even call them that, so it's I'm difficult. Not even gonna try. It's difficult. Yeah, we don't have we don't have like a fine jar yet, but we're getting close to having to institute one because I've said tribe more times than I've said anything else, and I'm not sure we Wait, couldn't. I don't think we shouldn't you? be di- disallowed, Bob, from declaring right now. Just make it an American staple that a collection of guardians is called a tribe, and then we're good. Well, that would be a, a good idea, and if you do collect enough money, send it to uh, somebody to pay to get a better logo than that thing they have because that's awful. <laughs> 
that's 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 uh, fair as well. Yes, it is. Bob, we had a tremendous time on Sunday at Nationwide. It was a great uh, day. I got to be honest, I didn't drive down there necessarily expecting to see the, the Jackets get a win. They played well. They, oh, they, come on! Uh, I, 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 I did. I just wasn't sure what to expect. I didn't have didn't have a great deal of of confidence that at this stage of things with the with the opponent that they were playing, uh, where they would be. And and I got to be honest again, not a guy that watches a ton of hockey, and not a guy that that maybe is would be in any way considered an expert in the in the on the subject. For the first uh, maybe period and a half, they they were in really good shape. But I kept thinking to myself that they're not handling the puck very well. I don't. This doesn't. I don't know that this is sustainable. And they just got better and better over hey, the course Garrett, of the hey, afternoon. Garrett, you see this? I'm not a hockey expert, but hey, look, they're not handling the puck no, very it's, well. It's see good. how these guys are? Yeah. No. We we started in October with I don't really know hockey, and now I, it's it's true. <laughs> it's we got we got hooky we got cookie hooked. And he, and he, he, Sorry, he, John. He continue. knows. He knows. <laughs> hey, listen. Just hey. Heap it on. I can take it. I, I'm try. I'm trying to expand my sports horizons, and I, I I know in the sports that I do watch a lot of, if you turn it over a bunch, that's not very good. I assume it's the same thing in hockey. Well, you do turn it over a lot, but uh, no, you're not wrong. I'm just picking on you. Go ahead. No, but I, I thought I thought they just got better and better as the afternoon wore on, and I thought they played extremely well for the last. I don't know from from the midway point of period one to the end. I thought they played really well. Yeah, yeah, they did, and. Um... You know, they had that little, it's not even a fight anymore. It's just like a <laughs> dust-up skirmish, whatever you want to call it. But I think that helped. I think that uh, kind of locked them in there a little bit. And You know, you're playing that day. They were playing two of the best goal scorers in the league and Connor McDavid, who's, people say he's the best player in the world. I still think Sidney Crosby is overall best player in the world. Um, you might make an argument now that Connor McDavid's the most prolific offensive player in the world. I might go with that one, but I still don't think he's overall best. Um, Leon Dreisaitl, he got a goal. He is, you know, he's players he had now 54, 55 goals on the year. And, uh, and the guys stepped up. They really did. They stepped up. They matched that intensity. What I liked about it was they, um, they were not a playoff team, but they played like a playoff team because they just matched what the other team was giving them. And I think that is, uh, not only is it a big compliment anytime, but I think when you're this late in the season and, really honestly have nothing to play for except there's some guys have some jobs to play for i get that but um they rose to the occasion and they did it in front of a a a loud building and they they fed off the crowd that day Uh, everything was pretty much perfect for that day to be honest with you bob kent johnson was a top five pick in the the draft last year um and has played the last couple of games and uh hasn't been getting a, a whole lot of ice time um, now that the games are meaningless is, and, and I, I know meaningless is a strong word, but sh- should they throw guys like that to the wolves and just say, Hey, here you go. Let's figure it out. And we'll see where you are at the start of training camp. No, no, I think they're, if I think, um, actually, I don't think I know if he were to come into the game, let's say tomorrow night, that right from his very first shift of the game, he's noticeable and he's doing some things that we haven't seen him do yet. He's going to get more ice time. It's it's gets distributed based on where you are, and he's the most inexperienced guy right now as a forward. And he's got a lot to go through. I, You know, it's easy to say that. It's easy to say, put him on the top line. Put him on the top power play. Do this. Here's another thing you don't want to have happen. You don't want him to be so overwhelmed that he goes into the summer going, oh, I suck. I'm not nearly as good as I thought I was. 
people were telling me this was I was going to be a real star in this league. And so, you know, these every little increment that he gets is a learning a, a learning thing for him. And and he'll be able to go into the summertime and go, "Okay. This is what I need to do. I know I have to train like this." I know, uh, you know, he's played against Connor McDavid uh, last night and tomorrow night. Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, Victor Hedman, get Sidney Crosby maybe before it's all done if Crosby plays Friday night. I mean, there's going to be a lot of questions answered for him as to what do I have to do to succeed in this league. And he's still going to get that experience, whether he plays eight minutes in a game or whether he plays 15 minutes in a game right now because that's just where he is i mean there's 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 no need to do it and and there's no and again he's only like 165 170 pounds there's no reason for him to go out there and get thumped around anymore um just, just let him experience it get that experience go into the summer get bigger get stronger and come back with uh, a wealth of knowledge Thanks for joining us. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I got, I got another question for you. I do have a legit question here, Bob. I, I, when you get to the point in the season where it feels like maybe you're playing out the string, but you've got these young players that you've got to get time and you got to get looked at. I mean, we're, we're staring at an off season where there's going to be a lot of things on the checklist of things that need to be addressed. What's what's priority one or or two maybe heading into this off season? Toughness, for sure. Um, you know, you have to have guys that can play the game and are tough. It's not like the old days where give me two guys that uh, we'll play them once every three or four games, and we'll play them when there's somebody on the other team that we gotta. We feel like they have to have the threat to knock them out. Um, it's not like that anymore. They got to be guys that can play. I mean, for me, ideally, if they could find one physical defenseman and one physical fourth line forward um, that can match up with Tom Wilson of the Washington Capitals and Ryan Reeves of the New York Rangers. I mean, those are just two guys that are in the division right now. Uh, and and make sure that Cole Sillinger's not getting knocked all over the place like he has three or four times this year. Make sure that Kent Johnson is uh, a little bit more protected and nobody's taking liberties with him. Um, so there's that. The defense has got to get better. And whether it's just being patient and waiting for them to grow up a little bit, I my view has changed on that a little bit because I've watched this Nick Blankenberg come in and you know, he had his first NHL goal in that game against Edmonton the other day. He comes in at five foot nine, uh, undrafted, uh, free agent out of college, and he, at times, has gone ahead of Jake Bean and Adam Boquist. Now Boquist is out and he, he's injured and he's not going to come back this year now. But you know, that kind of opens your eyes a little bit because prior to that, I was saying, well, you know, Bean and Boquist are just going to—they need more experience. They'll have to get bigger and stronger and blah 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 and then this guy comes in and it's like whoa maybe it's more than bigger and stronger so they got to address the defense it was it was too porous this year and it was inexperienced they got to get better there and then um you know another if you could find a centerman on the market that would certainly help bob since the last time we talked to you the the nhl's announced the blue jackets going to play a couple of games in finland next uh season uh in early november that's a that's a fun exciting uh development right yeah, it is. Uh, you know, we went to Sweden. I think it was my second year here, maybe my third, about 10 years ago. We went to Sweden. At that time, we started the season. So th- this will be a little bit different because you'll play October games and then go over there and play. Um, Garrett, I'm going to be honest. I'll believe it when I see it because this is, <laughs> get that. This was supposed to happen two years ago. 
and <laughs> it's been it's been shelved two times because of COVID. So, um, but yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, you know, Yarmo uh, became the first European general manager in the National Hockey League, and he's a Finnish native. And you've got uh, Patrick Line. So that answers a question for anybody that says, "Will Patrick Line be here next year?" Yeah, we're going to yeah. Finland. You got to take Patrick Line. You kidding me? <laughs> Selling tickets. You're going to his hometown, um, right? What? What's that? He's, it's his hometown, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you're taking you're taking Patrick Line for sure. Um, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be fun. It'll be. I, I can tell you this from the last time we did it, and you see this every time teams go over there. You know, it's a lot of fun. You get there. And then you come back, and they give you four or five days off. But you're, you're still the getting acclimated on the way on the back end of it is is always tough. But other than that, I mean, you know, something different, something exciting, and and as I said, the Blue Jackets haven't gone to Europe in over a decade, so uh, be something nice for this franchise. Hey, thanks so much for being great host on Sunday to you and the Blue Jackets and everybody, and we appreciate you being a part of the program. you got a couple of regular season games ahead of you here in the next couple of nights. Hope things go well for the Jackets and look forward to the offseason. Thanks so much for your time. Loved having you guys on Sunday, and thanks for doing this with me every week. Appreciate it. Bob McGilligan, voice of the Blue Jackets, radio voice of the Blue Jackets, join us on the AmeriFirst Home Mortgage Hotline. Got to get to our Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout so we can come back for football 515 here on Lima Sports Radio. 93-1 the fan. Back inside the basement doctor studio where it is time for football at 5.15. And Service Master at your service welcomes you to football at 5.15. Hard work, determination, and sportsmanship create opportunities to be your best. Like Bear Bryant said, it's not the will to win, but it's the will to prepare to win that makes a difference. And that's why at Service Master, they don't cut corners. They clean them. Well, six years ago today, the NFL draft happened. I, I, I don't know that I could remember who the number one pick was in the 2016 NFL Draft. The only real thing that stuck out about the 2016 NFL Draft was that moments before the draft began, Laramie Tunsil started tweeting pictures and videos of him smoking marijuana in a gas mask. <laughs> and then we found out that his father, and or not his father-in-law, his stepdad, stepdad, had hacked his accounts and was trying to tank his draft stock. Mission accomplished there. Worked a little, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Worked a little. Can you remember anything more bizarre than that? Even, <laughs> even just not NFL draft related, I don't think. Is there anything more bizarre than that? <laughs> it was Jared Goff, by the way, went one that year. <laughs> oh, well, that's why I don't remember. That's why, that would be why you don't remember. <laughs> it looks like uh, the actor Ryan... Uh, Ryan Gosling? Ryan Gosling. How do you know that? Because <laughs> uh, Ryan, Ryan Gosling <laughs> also has a lazy eye, but people think he's beautiful, <laughs> and I'm just some sort of guy. Gargoyle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I look like I was put together with Play Doh. He's got a lazy eye and he's a Greek guy. You get your version of Jim Valvano going over there. Valvano used to say all the time when you're Joe Namath and you look like this, they call you ruggedly handsome. When you're Jim Valvano, you got a big nose. That's that's true. That's true. I, I never thought about that. But is there anything more just bizarre than a. Because at the time, I'm like watching the NFL draft going. Bro, what are you doing? <laughs> Smoking <laughs> weed. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you doing? And then it comes out like, oh, stepdad wanted to had an axe to grind, and like, uh, I'm guessing that relationship's not great. Just yeah, a hunch. but people have my permission to walk away from the radio right now and go Google Laramie Tunsil gas mask <laughs> and go watch that video because I'm telling you what, bizarre might be a way to describe it, but I remember it's distinctly so six years ago sitting in front of the TV and I could not stop laughing, and it's <laughs> six years later, and when I see that video. 
I cannot stop laughing. There have been there have been more maybe as memorable draft moments. I, we were talking off air twenty eight years ago. Mel Kiper Jr. became a household name <laughs> oh. because as a commentator, he got the ire up of a Colts a Colts front office exactly. executive, yeah. and and it went really really sideways on the air. And Mel Kiper, who was supposed to be getting ridiculed at that time, probably became famous or famous more because of that incident than anything else he's ever well, said or done. Catapult ESPN's draft coverage. I mean, it just blew up from there. Who the hell is Mel Kiper Jr.? Well, and and he was, he was, uh, it was Bill Tobin who Bill was Tobin, the, yeah. uh, who who was right that you know Mel Kiper's pounding the table that the Colts needed to draft Trent Dilfer. Oh, Trent Dilfer, <laughs> Trent Dilfer is going to be a future. And Bill Tobin, like, who the hell is Mel Kiper? He still can't defend the fact that he Mel might not have been right. I mean, but I will say this: Trent Dilfer, Super Bowl champion. Yes. Tell me the guy they drafted. Uh, He's the AD at Nebraska right now. Well, I was going to say. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> well, but they took they took somebody before Alberts though, didn't they? Yeah, but but, but when they went to when oh, they had oh, when, no, they had already drafted prior yeah. to that. When it got to that, they had the cor- need for quarterback. I wish we had the sound because Kuiper saying that's why they're picking second or third in the draft yeah. every year. And he was right. He was right. By the way, uh, he's, he's right again. He's I would right I would not say that you you anybody should have had necessarily Trent Dilfer circled as a as a guy you target. Early in the draft, late oh, they, first yeah, round, they had, whatever. They had drafted Marshall Falk before that, like right. so. So you know, it didn't go horribly. I, uh, but, I, but the Trev Albert experiment wasn't exactly a smashing success. No, no, it wasn't. I wrote down three draft moments that kind of caught me. The the first one I put down was in '85, and I know it was a long time ago. And the Vikings missed their pick, and you're like, oh, that'll never happen again. Wrong. They came back in '03 and missed the pick again, which I don't know that any organization's ever done that. Yeah, uh, I've never had. Never, that's the only time in my life I can remember having to announce that yeah. they announced that a team was on the clock, yes. and then they announced the team's off the clock, and they didn't make yeah. a pick. And then in uh, uh, when the Chargers, Eli Manning said, "Don't draft me. I'm. T- I will not sign with you, no matter what the price is. I will not." With the first pick, <laughs> they took Eli Manning and then had a trading, which so, it, it worked out. It worked out really. Speaking well. of that, there was a story that came out this week that said, "Okay, Eli Manning tells the Chargers, you can draft me. I'm not going to play for you.' So then they work out a trade with the Giants. Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers apparently had Philip Rivers as their guy. They yeah, wanted they, did. they wanted Philip Rivers more than they wanted Ben Roethlisberger. And then when the Chargers said, "All right, you you guys draft Philip Rivers." We'll swap. That was the Steelers were like, okay, I guess we're getting Ben Roethlisberger when they had pegged Philip Rivers. Is like, can you imagine like what the NFL looks like for twenty years if it doesn't play out that way? What's going to happen this year if one of those guys falls in the lake in front of the Bellagio? Because uh, listen, they're supposed to take three hundred and fifty pound linemen in gondola boats up to the podium. I'm not kidding you. You, it, it could happen. Yeah, it could. I, I want to go back to, to Garrett's question, though. If, if yeah, the, the landscape would have changed. I, I'm questioning whether or not. So if Roethlisberger ends up in San Diego. San Diego. And which of course Rivers ends German up in for... Pittsburgh. <laughs> What's that? I said San Diego, which, of course, is German yes. for, for yeah. whales. Yeah. Well, we'll agree to disagree. Yeah. When in Rome. <laughs> I'm a furry tractor. <laughs> Right. <laughs> would would we be talking about Ben Roethlisberger and his his Hall of Fame credentials because he didn't win a Super Bowl and Philip Rivers is a lock because he did win two? Had they played in opposite cities? I don't. 
I think it's much more likely that Philip Rivers wins two Super Bowls with the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger is Ryan Leaf 2.0. I think you're absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> I think Philip Rivers in Pittsburgh would have more than what two. It, right, it probably wins three. Yeah, I don't, oh, I don't he, know. He played in five. And yeah, Ben Roethlisberger was, yeah. is like, cause, still in a bar in Georgia. Well, and that, I was going to say, like Ben Roethlisberger got in trouble in Pittsburgh. Yeah. You imagine San Diego. But part of Ben didn't get in trouble until he had the smashing early success. True. I mean, he was really well taken care of by the franchise until he got bigger than, or at least believed for a, a brief snippet of time that he was bigger than the franchise. Quickly, I think, learned that that's not the case. I, I just, you know, it's it's so interesting because the San Diego quarterback history is tied there there is tied to Drew Brees, Philip Rivers and and could have been Ben Roethlisberger and you it is interesting to think about what may have been different about the landscape of the NFL but I just wonder specifically for each of those individuals if there would have been a drastic change in what how they are now perceived as their careers either come to an end or have you know passed and I, I've asked it before I mean, is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer I don't think so because I hear a lot of debate about whether or not Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. I don't understand why you think he... What 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 reason would you have for saying he's not? Because he wasn't that good. He, right. They, he, they, he, they won two Super Bowls. No, but, I was say, that's, that's, but the, that's they, the icing everybody but they says. But they didn't, he didn't win two Super Bowls. They won two Super Bowls. But he, but he but, is still... He's still linked to the drives that win him, the throws and the, and the, the miracle catches. And... and setting his numbers aside, and I wish I had him in front of me and I don't, and I apologize for that... There are guys in the Hall of Fame that don't have two Super Bowl rings that don't have numbers that are significantly better than his. There are guys who have numbers that aren't as good as his that are in because of the Super Bowl. So it, it, that's got to be the that's well, that's how the scale kind of weighs yeah. out. I, I just well, I truly believe that the two Super Bowls, if he's borderline and he's got the two well, Super he's Bowl, go, titles, he's going then to get in, in. But I don't think the, he should. On the biggest stage, he was fantastic. He was. He was really good. So. Philip Rivers had more touchdown passes than Eli Manning, slightly less yards, had the same amount of regular season wins, and Eli Manning had two Super Bowls and Philip Rivers did not. And I, again, my question: and very quick comparison. I, I think Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. Do you think he'll get in? No, I think Eli Manning will. I don't think Philip Rivers will. I think Philip Rivers will because I think I, I've posed this question before of. How many? It was like 2013 when I asked this question of how many dudes playing in the NFL right now are Hall of Famers, because you can rattle off a very long list of quarterbacks. Like I guess quarterback. How many quarterbacks are playing in the NFL? Because Philip Rivers is I, I almost borderline. But you look at Drew Brees, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger are all flat out locks, right? I, I would assume so. Yeah, Tom yeah, Brady. Yeah, yeah, Tom yeah, Brady yeah, is a flat yeah. out lock. And they may change the name of the Hall of Fame and put his name on it. That's how big of a Philip Rivers is. Cons- I, I would, I think, is going to get in. I don't, I don't. It, it, is Matt Stafford now a lock to make the Hall of Fame? Probably. I, he's getting close. <laughs> is Patrick Mahomes going to make the Hall of Fame someday? Probably. Is Matt Ryan going to be in the Hall of Fame someday? Maybe. Do me a favor. Can you, can you pull up Philip Rivers' career numbers and kind of compare him to Dan Marino? Yep. Because I, I, that that to me is is an interesting case. Because I say this, Marino's numbers look like Marino played in the era that these guys are playing in. Marino was so far ahead of his time in terms of the productivity, and Marino was one, another one of those guys that staggering regular season numbers. So okay, so they Philip Rivers played two career more more career games than Dan Marino did. 
Philip Rivers has more completions. The basically the only thing that Dan Marino has higher than Philip Rivers is pass attempts. <laughs> Philip Rivers has two more games played. He has more completions, more pass, more less attempts, a higher completion percentage, two thousand more yards, one more touchdown, forty three fewer interceptions, and. I guess those are the kind of the his uh, Dan Marino's or no uh, Philip Rivers quarterback rating is higher. How many? How many? Who who had more playoff games? That I don't know. <laughs> Point Barry. being that Dan Marino is is in by nobody's estimation. I mean, nobody is saying he's borderline or shouldn't be in or who? Marino Marino's, well, oh, Marino no, Marino's Marino's and, and and so I don't understand this this debate as to whether or not Philip Rivers belongs or not. Just. Because he neither, didn't win neither a Super, one right, of them won a Super Bowl. Sure. Neither one of them but, did. But Dan Marino played at a time where there was one other contemporary that could be argued that was as good as him in John Elway, where Philip Rivers played with eight dudes you, you yeah. could argue were better well, than him. And I, and I think that's always what fascinates me about the Hall of Fame argument, because for a lot of sports, and a lot, across a, different, a lot of different sports, the the determining factor of whether or not you're a Hall of Famer is the era in which you played. When I think the Hall of Fame should be about this the, the his, history of the sport. Fair. My, my feeling is it should be about the history of the sport. <laughs> I just got a text from our alumni brother John Barry, and he said, "Watch what you say about Big Ben. You Browns fans took Allen Winslow Jr. in front of him." <laughs> yes, he did. And I've never been why so did, happy. Why do people bring that stuff up? <laughs> well, he was a soldier. <laughs> I'm a, was, soldier. I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier. There was, there was, Thanks, an, ad, there was an adjective that. in there. Uh, my favorite. Stop. Garrett's <laughs> favorite adjective. Yes. I can't wait to go to the C. Wright family reunion. Oh, shoot. We got to take a Don Jenkins jeweler timeout because that was supposed. That, we were supposed to be done with that at like about ten minutes five, ago. Yeah, five minutes ago. <laughs> five minutes ago. <laughs> Roughly ten minutes ago. Little, but so but Laramie Laramie Tunsil, by the way, is going to turn that video. Uh, into an NFT that's going up for sale. It's going to benefit. Uh, and <laughs> While some, we're on the break, uh, you can explain to me what NFTs are and how they work. All right. Sound good? <laughs> I'm up for that task. <laughs> right. Don Jiggy's dual timeout straight ahead. We come back, we'll talk about our Malachi Branham uh, poll question was, surprised he stayed in the draft. And, and I think that part's an easy answer, but I think the discussion around Malachi Branham and the whole change in the NBA is more worthy uh, than the time we can give it in just a Twitter poll question. So we'll chat about that after we get back from this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. John Cook, Garrett C. Wright, Danny Holbrook with you on Lima Sports Radio, 93 One The Fan. I don't know if it's good radio or bad radio to lead into a segment based on what you just heard in a weather report, but raise your hand if you think April 28th and widespread frost don't belong together. My gotcha. Lord, am I tired of this. I mean, <laughs> nobody does weather more enthusiastically than Rick Burgey, and, and and when you hear him say, lows in the high 30s and it drops off at the end it doesn't raise up at the end like he's even sick of it and he does the weather with more enthusiasm than anybody else i've ever heard i'd like to focus on something besides the weather but i'm also unhappy because ohio state has has had a tremendous tremendous turnover in their basketball roster in the last couple of years and i know that it is okay it's it's supposed to happen you are a highly sought after recruit you come in and have a I think what could be deemed a spectacular freshman year. You get named freshman year in the Big Ten, whether you should have or not. I'm referring, of course, to Malachi Branham. But he made it official today at, I think, a 1 o'clock press conference that he is going to stay in. He was going to explore the process. He's going to stay in the draft. He's not coming back to Ohio State. Our our uh, Twitter poll question, courtesy of Vonsjewelry.com, one of our Twitter poll questions was, are you surprised that Malachi Branham stayed in the draft? And and that question we posed to the group here, and I had said before, 
I think it would only be surprising if he didn't stay in the draft, but there's more to the discussion than that as far as I'm concerned. Well, here's my take. Don't you guys think we have enough of a sample size of guys leaving early that that somebody down there in Columbus should say to this kid, what's the hurry? Somebody probably did. I I understand that, but why is somebody not really, really getting in this kid's ear and saying, listen, let's put another couple years in. Let's work on your craft. You're going to make money here. We're going to take care of you. You're going to be the star. You're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to. I guys, I just think in two years he's going to be in the G League or he's going to be in Europe, or even next year. I I, I don't think you can. Well, that that that's the, the the scary part of the prospect. Now, the the other side of the coin for that is, for a lot of these guys, that when they make the decision to go there, the G League may be a part of their journey, but all of their journey now becomes about basketball development. It doesn't become right. about other things, and and so what's possible in terms of development and there are some franchises who I think do a better job of developing players than other franchises and I think with most young players coming out of college early fit is absolutely critical so for this guy a lot of his roll of the dice isn't on whether or not he's going to get drafted it appears according to all the experts that he's going to get drafted in the first round it appears that's a sure thing but the gamble is where do I end up and what does that do for me I just look at it and I say this. It's the change in the game. Draft is about potential now. It's not about accomplishment because it can't be because everybody's in a race to get to the league. But the league is continually talking about comps. Who's your comp? Who's a guy in the league that you look at right now and you say, I see Malachi Branham being that guy? And I don't know that I have a legitimate exact comp because I don't think they exist but the the one guy that I saw play a lot during the course of his career, and of course he had a great latter half of his career, um, was a more of a highlight reel early. He doesn't quite have the explosion that this guy has, but I see Malachi Branham potentially as an Andre Iguodala. I see him as a guy who could be, could be it could be a very good defender. He's got length, he's got size, he's got uh, athleticism. I think there's a chance that he, if he chooses to, he could make himself into a great defender. Jason Tatum wasn't seen as necessarily a great defender mm-hmm. when he came out of college either, and he's become a spectacular defender when he's invested. If Malachi Branham could do what Andre Iguodala has done as a career, then I got no qualms with his decision to leave. I'm just not sure that that's going to happen. What are the chances that if Andre, or not Andre, if if Malachi Branham comes back to Ohio State for a second season, that he improves his draft stock that much more that it was that it was worth missing out on an NBA paycheck for a year? Like if he's viewed as a val- as a lottery prospect right now, does yeah. he go back to Ohio State and become a top th- th- one to five pick? I don't think so. I, I don't either, and that that would be the thing, I guess, that would... If I were in his shoes, that would be the argument that I would make, is I could improve my status, but not, not significantly enough to change the bottom line for me. And I thought the, the name, image, and likeness stuff and being able to make money in college would keep guys around a little longer. But Branham's a little bit of a unique case because, again, I look at him and say, I think Garrett's absolutely right. He's not going to jump from maybe pick 13, 15, or 16 up to pick two two or three, no, it, it, no matter what happens next year. I don't think he's going to do that either, but here's my point. What? You're gonna you're gonna be in the G if you're if you think that you're part of your journey to the NBA. And I'm 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 happy for him that that's what he wants to do. Everybody has the right to do that. But well, that's beside beside the point. But if you're part of your journey, is you know you may have to go to the G League. Why would you? Why would you leave Ohio State after your freshman year to ride a bus from Pocatello, Idaho, to Seattle, Washington, and get paid relatively what you're going to get paid in Columbus? 
Well, he, he but he doesn't see the G League as a part of his journey. I mean, obviously well, he's making somebody's not right. telling him but, the truth. Well, that's for sure with all these yeah. guys. Every yeah, guy, right, I mean, right? How many guys have declared early for the draft? And we, we say this every year. There are what sixty spots in the draft. Yeah. And there are going to be two hundred and eight guys eligible yeah. eligible for the draft. Uh, you know, he's not going to say that the G League is part of his journey. I'm just saying that that's a very real possibility. Look, I'm not sure there's any sport where prediction about a guy's future is tougher to, to do than it is in the NBA. Obviously, we talk about the NFL being a 50-50 crapshoot, but you go through the NBA. There, there are guys playing in the NBA at a very high level that nobody thought was going to. There are guys that people thought couldn't miss that do miss. The NBA is littered with guys that fit into both of those categories. I don't see Branham as a, as a guy that, that crashes and burns and misses entirely. I don't see that. I, I just think that there's a chance that with another year of development in college, while it may not change his draft status very much, I think it may change his chances of being a really good, solid fit earlier in his career. Is there a chance Malachi Branham is a 12-time All-Star? I I don't think there is. But I think there's just as good a chance that he's a 12-time All-Star. My feeling is, is that he's not playing in the NBA in three years. Because I think he's got enough of a skill set that he's going to find a way to fit. And, and a lot of guys hang around the league. But when you come out after your freshman year, you don't come out after your freshman year to just hang around the league. And I don't, right. that's not what I want from Alakai Branham. Right. Is there just flat out enough hope and faith that, hey, you're athletic enough to figure it out? That, you, that you're athletic enough that we can turn you into a better three-point shooter? Or uh, you're, you're athletic enough that if we get you in an NBA um, strength and conditioning program that you're going to become an explosive athlete? Like, uh, just to get to the rim? No, I don't know. Listen, three guys sitting in Lima, Ohio, th- none of us know anything he does better than anybody else. you, you got to have that special skill, guys. You, we've talked about that. I, you, he doesn't have He Is he going to go to the NBA and, and somebody's going to work with him so well that he's going to be a spot-up knockdown shooter? Uh, do you see that? I, I don't see it, but but I obviously the one thing that I and I, again I've said this I think you have I mean in the NBA unless you are one of the elite players in the league one one of the top fifteen to twenty guys in the league you make it in the league and you have a role based on what you do that's your special skill what what do you do at an elite level that separates you from other guys because you're not, not I mean hell guys we saw and and I, this is close to my heart because I was a fan but I saw. Kirk Heinrich and Nick Collison come out of college and both be lottery picks. And Nick Collison went and stood in the dunker spot, or went and, and ran high pick and roll and rolled to the rim. And he he didn't do anything else. He was a a top ten pick in the draft who became very very specialized because he could defend post guys and he was a pretty good finisher. But they never threw him the ball and let him isolate in the post like he did in college because he wasn't good enough for that. He found a niche doing the things that he did well. Malachi Branham might have to be a guy that finds a niche. Why I said I think he can be a great defender. I don't know that he'll ever be a great shooter. But I will say this. This is the one thing that I think he has in his favor. When you looked at his first six games of his freshman year, did you not think, oh my God, did they make a mistake on this kid? Oh, uh, 100%. 100%. That's six or seven games into his college career. Then he ends up freshman of the year in the Big Ten, and now he's going into the NBA draft, and nobody's squabbling saying he's a lottery pick. So if you look at that and say the development that he made and the leap that he made during his freshman year of college would, would be encouraging to me to say, with the right program, with the right development coaching, with with the right focus – there's there's two or three more leaps here for this guy, and who knows what his ceiling is. I'm just selfish. I, I just I just think 
you stay in Columbus for a year or two. You, you're a big man on campus. You make money. You, you make money. That's the bottom line. That's that's what these guys want to do. That's what everybody wants to do. And I, I don't have any problem with that. And, and you and you develop your skills. And I, I'd rather ride a bus at 24 than I would at 19. I I just I think you're more mature. I think you've spent more time away from home. They're gonna insulate him. Well, I, hell, he spent his entire junior and senior year of high yeah, school away from home. That's right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. it, He's a Columbus day. kid that played yeah. ball in Akron. <laughs> I hope it turns out not to be a mistake. I don't know exactly how we'll define that. And really, it's about how Malachi Branham defines it. Obviously, he's got very big vision for what his future could be. And based on what we saw in his freshman year in Columbus, I think that, that there, you have to acknowledge that his ceiling may be higher than we think. But I think it could be a bumpy early road for Malachi Branham. And, and the highlight for his first year or two in the league, at a minimum, is probably going to be draft night. And maybe that's what it's about. We got to take another Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout, our final Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout of the program. When we come back, we'll get into our Twitter poll results. We'll have a little water cooler conversation after this on Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. Welcome back inside the Basement Doctor Studio. Don't forget, we got our NFL draft party this Saturday from 8 a.m. to noon at Regalis Pizza Village, presented by Bobcat of Lima. For more information on the draft party, log on to 931thefan.com. Final segment means. Vonsjewelry.com Twitter poll results. Yes, sir. Brought to you by Vons Diamonds and Jewelry, where Lima celebrates love, like John said, online at Vonsjewelry.com. We asked who will be the first quarterback selected in the 2022 draft. 50% say it'll be Kenny Pickett. We asked who should be the first quarterback selected in the 2022 NFL draft. 65% say Kenny Pickett. And our final question was, are you surprised Malachi Branham decided to stay in the NBA draft? 73% say no. Pickett dropped down to fifty percent as the as the expected pick. Yes. That that dropped a little bit. It did I think that's interesting? At least that's fifty fifty. But I sixty five percent think he should. I'm I don't know. I still don't know how I feel on who should be drafted first. Like I'm not real sure about that. What do you got for water cooler today, Garrett? Uh, so I got two things. Oh, um, awesome. Do you remember? I know you remember. Do you remember the Seattle Mariners discussion um, with the program what, number the, one or yeah. two? Like real with, early. Yeah, I remember with the play with the playoffs, uh, the and, playoffs and the. Yeah, there's a there's an upcoming NASCAR driver. His name is Daniel Dye. He's in the ARCA series, which is like single A NASCAR. Um, he got arrested yesterday because uh, he's still in high school, and he punched a classmate in the in the boys and ruptured one of his testicles. Oh well, I tell you what, the arrested Seattle for Mariners. felonious assault. Because if there's anything more less felonious, more felonious <laughs> assault than that, I don't know. But I think I want to know. Don't think I want to know. That's a rough spot. Also, yes. on top of that, um, the, the the lack of attendance for the Oakland Athletics has been a bit of an issue for baseball fans, baseball uh, purists, and, and part of the reason why many believe that they're going to move to Las Vegas. Um, the, the stadium is no longer used by the Raiders because they moved to Las Vegas, uh, and there's they're averaging like 4,500 fans a night, and they've got the outfield, the outfield seats tarped off in the stadium because... You know why are we going to sell those when <laughs> nobody's here? <laughs> the problem is, is uh, according to the facilities manager uh, for the Oakland Coliseum, there are thirty to forty feral cats living inside the Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> that he's like, I don't know how they got here, and they just keep showing up. I'm not sure where the hole in the fence is, but we've got thirty to forty feral cats living inside the stadium, and he's like, they are angry. 
Let's make sure we publicize that so that we can get free agents coming <laughs> right, to come right, to play right. in Oakland. So <laughs> come on down to the Coliseum, see if you can't find mittens, and like, well, you know, for eight dollars a seat, you get to watch a major league baseball game and potentially get cat scratch fever. <laughs> That's not a great radio promo. I don't know what it is. Any sports news for you that would be water cooler conversation yes, tomorrow? Yes, and I, I hinted just a few minutes ago. I looked at an article today that had the top 10 most viewed sports on television in the world. Now, the NFL is 10th, which was kind of surprising. A little bit. Number one was soccer, of obviously. Course. Number two was cricket. Cricket. G- guess what number five was? It'll blow your mind. Motorcycle racing. No. Formula One? No. Table tennis. Oh, it's big in oh, Asia. Oh, top five in the world? Number five. Big in Asia. Volleyball was like four or six. Yeah. I Baseball watched, was seven. I have watched a total of about 15 minutes of table tennis in my life during one Olympics, and I can't remember what year. Well, I think Forrest Gump's the greatest say, American say, player well, of all time. T- yeah. Forrest Gump, man. <laughs> He's the greatest American player of all time. I think he probably is. Just a hunch. You know, there's all kinds of conversation lately, guys, about the lengthening of careers and about how the, the training methods and whatever it is, that are, you know, LeBron's ability to maintain at a high level late into his 30s obviously tom brady and into his mid 40s apparently it it, it works everywhere it's not just not just males diana Taurasi has said that uh, despite speculation that she might be retiring from the wnba she said i plan on playing for a while she's 39 years old guys i'm gonna tell you when i when i watch wnba basketball and it's not often but when i do it's because she's on television Diana Taurasi is a spectacular basketball player. I don't, I don't have any idea what it means for her to be playing past the age of 39. I don't think she had a great year this year. I think there was some issues and up and down with injuries and things. But um, we just got to get used to athletes at every, in every sport professionally. They're going to be playing in their late 30s, early 40s, and I don't see a downside to it. I just wish I could figure out how to get myself to feel like doing anything <laughs> I that I ought, that. ought to be doing at the age of 50. I'm John. My partner's Garrett. Danny joined us in studio today. We appreciate you joining us. We got no show tomorrow, so we'll talk to you again on Friday. Cooking the Monster, Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan.